I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know words like feature quite heavily. So if you've got kids listening or you're easily offended, I'd highly advise you to Esteemed Deaf Pals. Now, it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. (laughs) Well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it, they join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life deaf-related anecdotes. And... Tell us what they're taking to the grave with them. Something you're scared of. Large groups of exclusively white people assembling <laughs> for reasons I don't know. <laughs> for just two ninety nine a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad-free. <sighs> the dream. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe. Head to where there's a will, there's wake.com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Kathy Burke, and welcome to this unfriendly corner of the podcast sphere, where your neighbours got a shitload of milk, but they won't even give you a drop, and no one knows your name or gives a fuck about your life story. So piss off and knock on someone else's door! Oh, bollocks, that's the postman. He's on the rampage. Looks like he's stepped in dog shit from the Great Dane at number 13 again. Rather you than me, mate. Unlucky. So, welcome to... As we drag our heels down this long winding road they call life, it's time to welcome our guests to this crumbling kingdom. Now, while some podcasts like to talk about the absolute fucking state of the UK government, on this show, we like to talk about the state of your abandoned grave. And joining us today to talk about the death of their dreams is the truly wonderful Nish Kumar. <laughs> Nish, 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 Nish Kumar. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, babe. It's quite nice getting that aggression out. Yeah, it felt cathartic. I felt like you were really getting something off your chest there. Yeah, I was, baby. I was because, uh, well, this is what you're all about, isn't it? Is This is your job. What? Is getting it off your chest about how shit this current government is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a constant... Whether I'm doing it on stage or doing it on the podcast, it's a yes. constant source of relief for me that I'm able to just... I mean, a lot of my act currently is just me shouting cunt a lot. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't think it's the most evolved comedy that's ever happened. <laughs> but, but it serves its purpose. Well, this lot, they're just giving you non-stop material, though, aren't they, it's, really? It's ceaseless cuntery. It's one thing after another. 
Yeah, I know. Also, we're still sort of unpacking previous. Like we ha- we're not done with all of the scandals. Yes, know? no, like, no. It, it's this the Chris Pincher stuff, which is kind of coming out as we record in terms of like the findings of the inquiry. You sort of forgot about that, which was incredibly serious. Uh-huh. And Boris Johnson, when he was told about it, reportedly said uh, Pincher by name, Pincher by nature, and that was how he dismissed serious allegations of sexual assault within his party. It's and so it is difficult sometimes to not just yell the C word into the void. Yeah, yeah. And I do not resist that temptation. Well, why should you? Why should any of us, really? <laughs> and this lovely podcast you're doing with Coco Khan. Yeah. Tell us what it's called again because I've forgotten. It's called. Pod- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I could see in your eyes that you'd forgotten. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder if she's... And then I was, it would have been a disappointment to me as someone who's been a huge fan of yours for years if you hadn't just gone, I've forgotten the yeah, name yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm always honest, babe. Yeah. No skeletons. <laughs> it's called Pod Save the UK. Yes. And it's a, like, British offshoot of this, like, crooked media thing, which is an American podcasting network set up right. by ex-Obama stuff. So they had a podcast called... They started a podcast called Pod Save America and then they expanded it out into a podcast podcast network and we're the like first um, British uh, attempt at one of those shows. Great and it's a very very good show I've listened to a couple of episodes. And, it's, been, uh, it's been really good fun I do it with Coco Khan who's a journalist and a yeah. good friend of mine and uh-huh. it, it, we're very lucky because those are the conversations Coco and I have anyway which yeah. is like what the fuck is going on yeah, and yeah. now we uh, get paid to do it which is lovely. And it's a really good show listener you know if you're looking for another podcast that, that talks I mean it is serious of course but it's also great fun the two of you are quite light Hearted in your your sort of bantering. Uh, yeah, I think we're both quite, we're both quite goofy people. Yeah, so there's also that side to us. And very interesting guests. We've had some very interesting guests. We just interviewed somebody from Just Stop Oil, and during the record of the podcast, a news story broke that they'd done a protest at Wimbledon. Oh, and right. so it was very exciting to yes. uh, to be talking to someone and being like, "Did you know this was going to happen?" And she's like, "No." Oh, <laughs> she's really? like, "There's so many of us. Well, How of course, am I supposed to know?" <laughs> that's it. There's so many different factions of it, isn't there? Different yeah. groups and stuff. And we're, as we arrived this morning, we saw old Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer getting heckled, getting heckled by the youth, by environmental protesters. Yeah, because I think of, good for them. Yeah, I think it's uh, listen. I think hopefully. On the subject of death, mm. we are dealing with a zombie government. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they'll be gone at the next election. But then from that point on, it's going to be about protest groups and activists holding the new government to account. What we want out of politics is to set the bar higher because at its best, mm. politics can be sort of transformational. You know, I mean, it's uh, this week, as we record, it's the 75th birthday of the NHS. Yeah. And that fundamentally changed the lives of millions of people in this country. The idea that you had free on the point of delivery healthcare service completely transforms people's lives. So I still believe that politics has the power to, you know, in one fail swoop, improve people's lives. Lovely. Well, the NHS didn't do you any good, mate, because you're dead. (laughs) So, (laughs) should we uh, get on with it? Imagine, imagine if that is how St. Peter greeted you at the gates. Well, 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 I see your beloved National Health Service has not helped you out. That's what St. Peter said to Nye Bevan as he walked to the gates of heaven. Well, 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 where did it get you? Oh, dear. We're going to start with uh, The Last Supper. Yeah. The Last Supper. 
So, the last supper, Mr. Kumar, what would be your final meal? So, I am a voracious eater. Uh-huh. And when it comes to food, I like quality, but I also like quantity. Uh-huh. So, I would probably go for a full... Also, you want to egg it out. Yeah, that's Especially true. Especially if you know it's your last supper. Yeah, you don't want to be shoveling in like some little piggy-wiggy. If I was on death row... Mm. I'm there for months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm planning a month-long Last Supper. I would have a full seven-course tasting menu. Bloody hell. But every single course would be a full meal. Right. So, like, obviously there'd be a pizza course. Yes. A full pizza course. A full course that's just curries my grandmother made me when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Then there'd probably be, I'd say, like, a full sushi course. Oh, right, Yeah. Bit of everything. And then maybe like two different desserts. Oh, okay. It's good to see a little bit of healthy stuff in the middle of all that. Yeah, I actually don't know why I said sushi. Why on earth? Who gives it? I'm about to... Yeah, because that's why you eat sushi, isn't it? Because it's good and healthy. Do you know what I mean? But you are just about to peg it, so... All right. You know what? Let me swap the sushi course out for a round of fried chicken. There you go. Round of fried chicken. That sounds more like it. And what's your pizza of choice? There's a lot of different options. There is. I, re- I really like anchovies on a pizza. Oh, so do you? I really like anchovies and green chilies oh, and right. red onion. Oh, okay. I, having sex with me after I've had a pizza is... I mean, also, no one's really having sex after pizza. Surely even the Italians, <laughs> even the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... I'm not getting freaky after having a pizza. I I think pizza is what you'd have after having sex. Perfect. Rather than before. Yeah, that's right. And what is it about you lot? Because there's there's a little gang of you. There's you, there's Gamble, there's Acaster, there's Mohammed. Food obsessed. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So did you all become pals for your love of comedy or your love of food? Well, I'm friends with Ed from university, so oh, okay. I've known Ed since I was about twenty. Yeah, and I, I met Nick as well because we were we were all at university together. Yeah, and then I met James on the open mic circuit. I think a lot of stand up comedians get into eating out because it's one of the like fun things about like there, there are lots of fun things about touring. There's other things that are less fun about touring, and one of the things that's less fun is that you're just constantly going from city to city, town right. to town. Yeah, yeah. And one of the fun things you can do is like try and find a good restaurant to uh-huh. eat in wherever you go. And my preference is to either have like a big lunch that I can then sleep off before the show yeah. or have like a late meal. I'm pretty sure all of this is the stuff that you're not supposed to do for your health. Yeah, no, eating very late is not very good for you, is it? I think that's why a lot of stand-up comedians particularly become fixated on where you know, where you're going to eat. Because actually it's kind of a fun and exciting thing. And, you know, if you go back to places enough times, you kind of get your favourite places that you want to go. And yeah, yeah. You sort of, like, you know, I'm going to Manchester in a couple of weeks and I'm like, I'm excited because I'm going to get a coffee at Idle Hands, which is I love, <laughs> and a banana cream pie. Like the banana cream pie, Idle Hands is one of my favourite desserts in the world. Amazing. I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. More than doing the gig? Or... <laughs> Much more than doing the gig. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think my comedy is fine, Cathy, yeah. but it can't hold a candle to a banana cream pie. That's I would it. never put my stand-up up against <laughs> the banana cream pie consumption as an experience. Sometimes people see you out after a gig and they sort of they always look a bit disappointed. Oh, like, yeah. oh, I thought there'd be some sort of showbiz bar that you went to and you're like, no, no. we're in the pub. <laughs> Guinness, please. And people talk to you like they think that you're their cousin yeah. or <laughs> I've had the cleaner. Or I've had all fucking salt. Oh, yeah, the fella in the pub across the road here when I first went in there for some lunch with the goddesses and uh, I went out for a fag and he came out and he went, I know you, did I? 
And I went, do you? And he went, yeah. He went, you used to clean here, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I didn't. I mean, I've had worse, Niff. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, right. So now I think we're going to move on to... The Death. So we flash forward in this fantasy world and uh, so what the hell happened, Nish? I spontaneously combusted. Oh, lovely. In the 90s, mm. they made it seem like spontaneous combustion was going to happen constantly. Yeah. I feel like when I was a kid, they were constantly like, people just explode. Yeah, yeah. People just burst into flames. Mad cow disease, Will Smith rapping the title tracks for his films, and spontaneous combustion are all <laughs> things that we left behind. For some reason, when the 90s ended, we were like, we're done with all of those things. Yes. And I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, man, I just I really hope it doesn't happen around other flammable stuff. I'm really worried about the spot. I'm really worried about this thing. And like, they were like, and she just disappeared one day. And there was just like a trail of ash. And I, I, I think, I feel like I heard it a lot about women. And increasingly, I wonder whether it was just women leaving useless husbands. Yes, maybe. I think that was it. Just they, they finally doing a bit of fucking, another bit of dusting, putting the dust in the dustpan and just thinking, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to put that on my chair. And then I'll just fucking, I'll fuck off and say, the dust is me. <laughs> but yeah, I actually wrote a short film many years ago. There's a film director called Joe Wright, who's uh, quite an old pal of mine. And, uh, I know who Joe Wright is. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I, I've seen uh, um, Atonement. Atonement, very um, brilliant film. Pride and Prejudice. Atonement's a brilliant movie. Yeah. yeah. Love it. But before Joe was sort of Joe, I yeah. wrote a film for him and the cinematographer, Seamus McGarvey. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Joe said, will you write a little something that me and Seamus can sort of do together and whatever? So I thought, hmm, I'll, I'll, I'll make it a bit difficult. So I wrote about a guy at the, at the end who spontaneously <laughs> combusts. That's, that's never in any of the books about how to write screenplays. No, no. In some ways, make it a bit difficult for the director. Yeah, yeah. You know, short film, low budget. It's like, oh, I've got this really, all right, this guy spontaneously combusts from, from just bitterness. Do you know what I mean? It was just a bitter, fucking horrible person. It was all based on someone who, who I used to love. Right. And I thought, right, this is a fucking revenge. And I started this film. And uh, Joe was like, oh, so at the end, the end's a bit of a shock. And I went, well, you know, you want to experiment. You want to be a filmmaker. Joe, you're going to come across all sorts. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> you're going to come across it all. <laughs> You've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared. people to spontaneously combine. That's I, right. I'm really sad that that didn't become a trope in his movies. Like, everyone, like, I liked Atonement. I remember the bit in the book when uh, James McAvoy explodes in Kira Knightley's face. That was a real. That was a surprise twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blimey, O'Reilly. So, you spontaneously combusted. I farted myself to death, basically. Farted. Yeah. Well, after that meal. Yeah, I've had that meal. Yes. I've unloaded something unholy. Yeah. Finally, my ass has come for me. Yeah. And I've done such a violent fart that I've spontaneously combusted. I mean, that'd be a lovely way to go because... You know, I know I shouldn't say this as a lady. Farting's great, isn't it? It's, Why shouldn't you say that? You should say that as a oh, lady. Oh, I know. But, you know, some people get really fucking... Oh, don't say fart, Kath. Oh, don't say cunt, Kath. Oh, don't do that, Kath. <laughs> uh, it's been a constant in my life. So every now and again, I try to sort of preempt it by going, I know I shouldn't, but fuck it. You're right. <laughs> I should. 
I, I think I've been in a relationship for uh, 11 years with a woman that has no problem either discussing farts or unloading Amazing. them. Amazing. <laughs> well, you've, you've met your match and I, and I salute you for it. Unfortunately, that never, it was just, uh, oh, I don't like all that. I was like, well, fuck off then. Get out. Anyway, so getting very, I mean, it's lively, yeah? I was tired when I this came in this This is either going to be the best or shortest episode of this podcast <laughs> of all time. <laughs> right, okay. So how do you think the reaction is going to be to your death? Is everyone going to be devastated? Honestly, Cathy. Go on, babe. I've, I think my family will be devastated. Of course. I think my friends will be devastated. Mm. I'd like to think there's some people that have engaged with my work that will be devastated. There will also be some op-ed pieces written in conservative newspapers in this country. I've seen what the Daily Mail and the Telegraph are willing to say about me when I'm alive. Right. Piers Morgan is going to openly masturbate on his television show. Jesus Christ. What? I mean, I want to go home. <laughs> He's going to be there. Oh, man. He's dead! <laughs> so you're not friends then, you and Mr Morgan? No. <laughs> When did this all kick off? Oh, it kicked off. It kicked <laughs> off, as with so many things, Cathy. At the end of the day, it kicked off because I can't shut my fucking mouth. Good. And I actually sort of forgot about it, but I once, I think I called him like a gammon steak that had been injected with white privilege. And <laughs> well, he oh then God. found out about that. Yeah. And I, I'd say understandably got the hump. And then we had, I did question time with him. Oh, right. And he sort of tried to be friendly with me and he was like, what do you think now? You don't really think that I'm a gamma's taking Jake for my privilege? I just went, yep. <laughs> um, my dad had come with me to Question Time. Yeah. And he said, I'm just going to be there in case it kicks off. <laughs> my dad was, had gone to Question I think this is the only time this has ever happened. Someone went on Question Time and their dad came with them in case they had to fight one of the other panellists. <laughs> that is <laughs> when Piers Morgan was talking to me, my dad was literally, you know, like when you see photos of like Hollywood stars and there's just the security guard in the back. My dad was just, he didn't speak to Piers Morgan, he just stood slightly behind me and just waited and he was like, yeah. <laughs> Better not say anything to my boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're in the middle of uh, shooting something when you die, anyone who's going to replace you? Who's going to replace you? Well, you I know? honestly think if you want someone to replace me, and you just sheerly, you just purely go on appearance. Uh-huh. There's an American comedic actor called Jason Manzukis, yes. who is a mate of mine, <laughs> who he and I look so alike. Sometimes I see pictures of him and I go, when was I in a film with Robert De Niro? Oh, sorry, Manzukis. <laughs> and I was, I was at my nan's house a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine was just on the TV. Mm. And he's this like amazing actor that's like, He's just been part of every single one of your favourite sitcoms from yeah. the States. And like he's been in loads of movies. And he's, you know, one of the like first gen podcasters. He's such a funny and such a nice bloke. But my grandmother <laughs> said, When were you in this American show? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I honestly think if you just pop Manzuka straight in, Manzukas and I fucking look alike. Yes. To yes. the extent that we actually went to a Halloween party dressed as each other, <laughs> which was exceptional. And also at that Halloween party, like you're a comedian, you know when you can see someone's comedy brain grinding through the gears and understanding very quickly what the joke is. Uh, so Rosie Jones, who is a comedian and also a fucking piece of shit, yeah. has, a lo- has a long-running joke with me where she pretends that I've pushed her over. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I love she lies that. on the floor and she shouts, oh, the man from the MASH report pushed a disabled girl, right? And so she absolutely loves doing it 
And we went, we walked into this Halloween party. Rosie Jones was dressed as Ronald McDonald. Uh-huh. And she comes towards both of us. She clocks that Manzoukas is dressed as me. And instead of going towards me, she goes towards him, uh-huh. lies on the floor and screams, help, help them. And I just watched him see all of this happen and immediately understand what was going on. <laughs> without, without any prompting, he was like, oh, this is very funny. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. Rosie Jones, she's very, very funny. And I do love that. I was there's quite a few clips yeah. of her doing it at various places. She, um, she absolutely, she absolutely loves to do it. It's I, a great I, gag. It's she was my support act, which is obviously very funny because I'm very confident that one day my claim to fame will be that I once met Rosie Jones. Uh, but when when she opened for me, she genuinely used to say, "He's coming out next. Don't get your hopes up." <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. So how would you like to be remembered, do you think? I think I'd like to be remembered. Uh, I I think I'd like to be remembered. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Great. Great. And what about your obituary? What publication would your obituary be? I'd absolutely love, I'd absolutely love for it to be a glowing obituary Mm. written by one of my friends and slapped on the front page of the Daily Mail. Oh, yeah. Just to see what kind of shit we could start. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is perfect. To give a few few of the old cunts an anger stroke. <laughs> Have you seen this, darling? <laughs> Have you seen it? I don't know what's become of this nation. So, yeah, the Daily Mail. I had a badge for years. I think somebody nicked it, but I had a great little badge that I would wear... To sort of, I don't really do press nights anymore. I got fed up with that sort of opening nights and all that sort of showbiz thing. But I'd always wear my little uh, hated by the Daily Mail badge, <laughs> which I was very proud of. Are you ever obliged to go to them? No, I mean I'd be obliged to go to my own yeah, if I was right. directing a show. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like. Yeah, but no, I don't feel obliged. I mean, the great thing about being older, yeah, is that you can just say no. Yeah, don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, (laughs) you're biting your nose and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua. Oh yeah, now you mention it, I do feel a bit stressed. Come on then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing, I don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year, or it could be the triple espresso I necked to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work. Blimey, goddess. Whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom. Of it. You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control, especially when it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Ah, oh, you mean our friends at BetterHelp? Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's Better H-E-L-P.com slash wake. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you want to come back as? Animal, vegetable, or mineral? So what do you want? English dog, please. Okay, and your reasons? I think English people, we as a group, yeah. treat dogs better than we treat our own children. <laughs> I, I, it's like, listen, I like dogs, yeah. fine. But whenever I'm in public and a child cries, the look of anger on people's faces, people are always like, oh, Jesus, this kid is so loud. Oh, bloody hell. And if two dogs are just like fighting... People say, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice, isn't it? Fighting. That's, that's so nice. nice. Just two dogs just yelling and screaming and barking at each other. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And I would love to be reincarnated as an English dog. Yeah, I think that's a really good one, actually. Yeah. People know. have so much tolerance for them. People yeah. have no tolerance for human children. And I talk to people who are like, oh, they brought their kids along. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that you're annoyed with the people carrying the torch for this benighted species. Yeah, yeah. I'm very sorry that the future generation of our species is mildly annoying to you. Uh-huh. Also, I have tremendous sympathy with crying children. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is yeah. miserable. That's it. And also, yeah, kids, if ever I see a crying kid or whatever, I go, let it out. Let it I mean, you're not allowed to do this when you get to my age. You just get fucking put away and the keys thrown away. Get it out, kid. Come on. <laughs> because I was talking to our mutual friend, Rasheen Connity, about this the other day, actually, about, you know, when you were a kid... You did. No wonder when we get older, we need fucking therapy and stuff. Because when you were a kid, if you were upset, you just let everybody know you were upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you were angry, you just told everyone you were angry. Do you know what I mean? And you were al- you're allowed to yeah, do yeah. it. And then there's a certain point when you get to sort of like 11, 12 or whatever, yeah. that you're told you can't do that and you can't behave in that way. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a grown-up and basically repress all those feelings yeah, yeah. forevermore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Get it, you better get it all out by the time you're 11. Exactly. Because we don't want to hear from you again. Yes. We don't, we don't want to hear any opinion yes. apart from pass the spoon. That's the only opinion we want to hear. Yes. I mean, have you ever had a dog? Have you ever... No, I, so I didn't grow up with pets. Okay. So I think this is why... Um, I'm not pet sceptic. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not... I believe that dogs exist. Yeah. But I have at various points formed bonds with other family members' pets. Yes. So I, I definitely get it. And I, I just... I'm always fascinated by how much tolerance, more tolerance people have for dogs acting out uh-huh. than children acting out. And I would like to be reincarnated as an English dog, please. Thank you. Any particular breed? Goddess Charlie is asking about this now. Any particular breed of dog? Definitely not one of the ones that has been born to be unwell. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like oh, the, the, the ones pugs that, bred that have been bred. Like, yeah. I've seen a couple of them. They all stink of shit. Oh. And none of them can breathe properly. And you think, sounds like me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way I'm going. <laughs> but no, you're right. That's wrong. The old um, interbreeding and trying to make these perfect little creatures that just end up so poorly. I said it before and I'll say it again. And we may have to cut this out, but I feel the same about those dogs as I do about the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> no, we keep that in. <laughs> They've just been bred and they none of them look well. <laughs> 
<laughs> ah, anyway, so now we move on to... The Funeral. Lovely listeners, before we get into hearing all about Nishi's fantasy funeral, if you find yourself wanting more, head on over to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we have bonus chat from all our wonderful guests. We read through your real-life funeral tales. Spectacles, <laughs> testicles, wallet, watch, teeth. <laughs> Nashes. Plus, you get all episodes completely ad-free. The dream. So, what are you waiting for? Head to wheretheresawillthereswake.com for details on how to subscribe. Okay, so what do you want for your funeral? Two words. Okay. Wembley Stadium. Amazing. Wembley Stadium. Not the arena, the stadium. The stadium where the footy goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I think it, the idea of Wembley with about 200 people in it is really funny. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Like a sparsely attended event at a stadium is funny. Like I always, <laughs> I always thought it would be funny to shoot a stand-up special at the O2, but only really be able to sell about 500 tickets, <laughs> just having people dotted around the room. But also playing it like it was a big, like I used to talk about this with Ed Gamble so much about how you'd start with like, a, do it in the round as well. So you really accentuate how few people there are. And then start in a globe and have wake up by arcade fire playing. Just the most epic thing. And then the globe just explodes and I'm stood in the middle of it. And there's 200 people in a 15,000 seat arena. But yeah, I'd like to do it in Wembley Stadium. I think, it'd be re- I think it'd be really funny. Well, so the old funeral's taking place at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. How are you going to get there? Horse and carriage or what's going on? Drones. Drones? I'm going to be carried, uh, lightly levitating by six drones. Amazing. Open casket, double flipping the bird. What? You as the stiff in the, the coffin? Sti- the stiff. I don't know who what the technical term for them is, but yes. I'm going to get them to manipulate my hands. Oh. So I'm double flipping the bird off. Oh, Not nice. my friends and family have come to the funeral, no. but at all the haters. All the haters, yeah, very good. What an image. <laughs> Being fl- flown in by drones and you're there and like that. And <laughs> I can't do it, can I? Yeah, you got it's it. It's like Star Trek. What do you do with it? Anyway, but um, yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic image. And what would your coffin be then? Just think? completely transparent. Oh, nice. Just completely transparent and I'm wearing... <laughs> I'm wearing the top half is a suit, yeah. and then the bottom half is assless chaps. What's that? Just, assless chaps. So you can see my butt. Oh, I see. Ooh. Just in the transparent coffin. Oh, I'm going to levitating on drones. At the bottom as well. Assless chaps. Amazing. So we give see... people the view. Yes, your flattened ass cheeks. <laughs> Because they will be flattened, wouldn't they? Because you're you're squashed, sort of, you know, you're, you're sort of lying down. And I hope you wipe your bum properly off all that food as well. You see, because I'm really leaving a lot of trust to the funeral home. You I'm really leaving a are. I'm leaving a lot of trust on That's the undertakers. The old, we'll split that and get the O's up there, and oh, you know what I mean? Because you fucking got the sleep through coffin, and, and then because they're stiff, your cheeks be stiff. I suppose I've also, in the reality of this, I've spontaneously combusted. So technically. I don't think I've left a corpse. Oh, God, yeah. This is bollocks. Yeah, it's spot- not real. It's all right. <laughs> I suddenly got really worried then, Nish. It's like, oh, no, we're going to have to start again because <laughs> it's a lot of old tours. 
<laughs> oh dear. Right. So, and your your pallbearers are drones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, right. And some music. What are you coming out? To? Oh man, I'll have a whole playlist ready. Yeah. I love Bob Dylan, uh -huh. and I love forcing people to listen to Bob Dylan, yeah. especially people who don't like Bob Dylan. Which is like, I, I don't. I've said this a lot of times before. If you don't like Bob Dylan's voice, I have nothing but sympathy for you. Mm -hmm. But I think if you don't like a single Bob Dylan song, if it's covered by somebody else, mm. you might be missing some key part of your humanity. Yeah. There's a couple of really like great Bob Dylan songs. There's a song called Lay Down Your Weary Tune, mm. which is about him just appreciating nature that I think is a nice funeral song. There's a song by there's a song called Mississippi, which has a line that's like my ship split to splinters and it's sinking fast. For licensing reasons, Jesus. we cannot play. <laughs> <this>. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. We nearly had a real episode of this on our hands. I nearly had an heart attack. Two dead people. What's she doing, goddess Charlie? The power's gone to her fucking aid. What's going on? <laughs> she nearly killed both of us. Oh, dear, that was very good, very funny. <laughs> you were beautifully quoting this. Well, we, well, we can't play it. We but can't play it. Because, but... because the goddess has told us. <laughs> but somewhere in the song Mississippi by Bob Dylan yeah. is the key to all of life. There we go. So you can listen to it, listener. <laughs> you can just um, go on your spotty... What is it? Spotty cop? Spotty dick. Spotty dick. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a spotty dick exclusive, isn't it? Spotty dick exclusive. <laughs> oh, dear. And so I think we're going to go on to the eulogy now. Yeah. So you've got somebody to uh, do your eulogy for us? Yes, I'd like to force James Acaster to do my eulogy. Oh, God, not him again. <laughs> Today is a sad day, but also... An inevitable day. From the moment I met Nish Kumar, I knew that he would eventually die. And I knew that it would be before me. Very much like someone who enters into a pet owner relationship. <laughs> you accept that the pet will go first. And while you do make sure that you form a very tight and meaningful bond with the creature, in your heart, you know, you can't get too attached. Because one day, you will be putting it in the ground. Since we all knew that about this. We all knew that we should really give him the same level of affection that we would a household rodent, guinea pig maybe. The fuck? Where has he recorded this? Particularly ambitious hamster. We've lost one of the great satirists of our time. A man who could look at anything even remotely right-wing and damn it to hell with, with a nuance rarely seen in comedy these days rarely would his comments outrage anybody I can't even remember him ever causing any controversy the right always said you know who's a good lad is that Nishkuma he, he's balanced and he can see the good in us and we always saw the good in you Nish Rest in peace, buddy. Forever in heaven. <laughs> did it? Where did he record? It sounded, I think he recorded it on a tape deck in 1987. It's so muffled. It sounded like he was down in that fucking submarine that imploded. Where the hell was he? 
Gee, well, I mean, that was very lovely. He obviously very loves moving. you very much. Very moving. Comparing you to a pet gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand why he keeps making me run in that damn wheel. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, now we move on to... Buried or cremated? What do you think? Buried or cremated? Well, I have... Uh... Always been raised a Hindu. Mm-hmm. I'm not the world's best Hindu. Right. <laughs> I'm a shit Hindu. Uh-huh. I'm a Shindu. But I still think for uh, for these purposes, I'll go full Hindu and go with cremation. Right. Nice. Because that's, that's the cultural tradition. Yes. Um, and I quite like the idea of a scattering of ashes. Yeah. Um, rather than sort of just being dumped in the ground. Uh-huh. I quite like the idea of a scattering of ashes. And where would you like your ashes to be scattered then? I mean... I, there's part of me that wants to do it in quite an inconvenient way. Like, in a way, there's part of me that wants to, like, have someone chuck them over the fence at 10 Downing Street. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yeah. leave them for Larry the Cat to deal with. That's it, shove them through the letterbox. <laughs> the final dirty protest. <laughs> but there's a part of me that's like, I've always felt very connected to London yeah. as a city. And I think that whenever I am away and I come back to London... Like, I don't think London is the best place on earth at all. And I definitely don't subscribe to that idea that, you know, oh, well, you know, if you've grown tired of London, you've grown tired. Like, if you've grown tired of London, you're probably just fed up of paying one and a half grand a month to live in someone's toilet. Yes. But there's a level of comfort that I feel whenever I return to London that's like, and the only way I can draw an appropriate analogy for it is like when you remove your top button after a particularly heavy buffet. Like after a particularly hefty go around yeah, on yeah. an all you can eat buffet, there's just a moment where you go, God, I'm not. Oh, and then you pop your top button and you go, oh. All right. And you didn't, you, you exhale in a way that you didn't ever really understand that you needed to. Yeah. And that's how I feel every time I come back to London. Oh. Every time I come home, I feel that. So I feel very connected to the city. So, in a way, the best thing to do with me to pour my ashes into the Thames. Side benefit cleanest thing in that river that day. Yes. The cleanest thing going into the Thames. That day will be the ashes of my corpse. I mean... Just raw sewage, just like dead dogs, like just everything horrible is in the Thames. But with the Thames, it's like, by all means. Yeah, yeah. By all means, (laughs) chuck it in there. Just chuck it in. Just chuck it in. It's it's not making the situation any better or worse. I mean, even if you weren't burnt, they could just chuck you in the (laughs) coffin. Honestly, you know with I mean? the amount of shit in the Thames, yeah, yeah. I think the body would rot in an hour. Like, that's I think it. it would just dissolve. You know what? Maybe that's what they should start doing because, you know, cremation is very bad for the environment. Chuck it in the Thames and it will just fucking rot and decompose amongst <laughs> with all the, you know, whatever petrol cans and fucking rats and, you know. Yeah. It's like, it just... A dead body is no worse than anything else in that room. It, when you look at it, it's a kind of unsettling shade of grey brown. Well, love you, love you in the Thames. <laughs> and uh, what about your gravestone though, or a plaque? What would you want, sort of written? Because I mean, it doesn't have to be a gravestone, especially if you're being cremated. But there'd be a plaque somewhere. Or no, something. like I love the idea. Like I love. Um, there's a statue of Nye Bevan in Cardiff. Yes. that I really love that. You know, and it's you know father of the NHS and one of the great Welshman of all time. And there's this lovely statue of him in Cardiff. And I think I'd love a statue in Croydon. Which is, <laughs> which is where I grew up. Yeah. And I'd love the statue just to be of my butt. You're just, obsessed with your arse. 
What the fuck? He wants us all just to see his arse forevermore. Where's this obsession come from? I don't know. I just think... I Did just somebody lo- once tell you it was pretty? <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that about my arse. No, I'll tell you what, Nish has. Very pretty arse. I just think it's funny to have to have an enormous statue yeah. of just a huge arse in the middle of Croydon. Wow. And especially as Croydon is desperately, and to some extent, succeeding in becoming cooler and there's elements of gentrification coming into Croydon. Mm. I like the idea of setting the clock back somewhat by putting a statue of an enormous ass in the middle of the town centre. Beautiful. Would it have a little slot in it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you could put, what's that thing where you could put little, there's some place where you could put little messages of love or little little note. Yeah, it's Paris, they've got the bridge. Yeah, that's where right, you where, you can, the, where you lock your lock message your, of love. Your message of love. Yeah. And, uh, and Croydon could have the Nishkuma arsehole where you could... I think you lock your messages of hate. Oh, nice. That's, get, if you're really angry with somebody, write a note to them and shove it up my ass. There we go. <laughs> Summit for the future. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now we move on to... The Will and the Wake. That's my favourite jingle because I like the organ... Yeah. At the end of it. So that's always my favourite one, that one. The win and the way. And it means we're coming towards the end of like another fag. So <laughs> You know what? You know what, Kathy? There's not enough podcasters that have the guts to say my favourite bit is when it ends, so I can have a cigarette. We all think it. Yes. We all think it when we're doing it, but not enough of us have the courage to admit that to that's, the that's, listeners. That's why I am no bullshit Berkey. <laughs> No, NVB. So, NVB. So you've been laid to rest, but what's happening now? You're gone. What's the wait going to be like? Big party. A big party. Big disco. Oh, nice. I love to throw shapes. It's, yeah. a, it's a thing that's surprising about me, I think. Okay. But I do love to throw shapes. Yeah, yeah. Love a disco. Mm-hmm. Let's get the party going. Great. And what sort of food would be? Would there be a buffet? What, what's going on? Full biryani buffet. Okay. I love biryani. Yeah. Love it. Uh-huh. Big drums of the stuff. And a choice, I'm hoping, for the vegetarians. Vegetarian biryani is also available and lots of vegetarian curries. I mean, the nicest thing about Indian food is that actually, you know, it's about the spices and it's about the preparation. 
and it's not necessarily intrinsic that it be meat that's no. in the curry. Like if you get the if you get the right stuff. Listen, I've been a amazing. veggie since the eighties, right? Wow. So the eighties, uh, I mean, you couldn't. I mean, it was a fucking jacket potato and some beans. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I remember going on a school trip <laughs> to France mm. and it probably would have been 1997 maybe. Mm. And I remember my friend saying, I'm a vegetarian and they just bought out a just block of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was his dinner. That's it. No, no, it was very, very rough, particularly in the 80s to find anything. But one of my first jobs was a theatre job where we toured and uh, it's a company called Major Road and they were based in Bradford. Right, yeah, yeah. So there we go. Incredible. There was the food. Fantastic, yeah. I mean, and suddenly I had choice. Yeah. What? There's a dish made with spinach yeah. and potatoes yeah. and there's this and there's that and amazing. Yeah. So that was something I discovered, I think, yeah. Indian food. You it's know, great. That. It's the, the choice is great. So, yeah, there'd be a whole uh, vegetarian section mm. and then, yeah, just uh, big vats of chicken biryani. So that's good. So there, there's a disco. There's a disco and a heavy rice dish. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure there's lots of chairs around the edges. <laughs> just for so people to sweat it out. Just it. Just need a little sit down, you know. <laughs> and um, what's this question that God has, Charlie? Oh, be a liability. Yes, that's a good one for you. Because Would any house. of my mates be a liability? Yes. All of them would be a liability because, and I have to be clear on this, yeah. open bar. That's my one stipulation. Open bar. Right. All you can drink, whatever you want. Well, you're not being that generous because there's only been going to be about a couple of hundred people there, you said, <laughs> in, in the whole of Wembley Stadium. So don't be talking about it like, look at me, open bar, you know. But, um, yeah, but anyway, your yeah. friends are... Oh, my friends are comedians, yeah. so they'd just be hammered. They'd just be absolutely leathered. Yeah. And uh, great. Nice. And what about the wheel? What you got? Who's getting it? Well, the the main thing I would have to do is distribute all of the shit that I have so much shit. And the greatest grace I could give to my partner is allocating all of that shit to everybody. I mean, I guess like you put my T-shirts just out in the street. And if right. there's like someone in their late 30s that needs a lot of band T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a lot of collarless shirts. So I guess like... If, like, an Indian politician needs a job lot of collarless right. shirts, that would be good. Um, so I feel like a fan of Outcast, just come by the house, mm. grab three or four of the T-shirts that I've got. And then the hardest thing would be my record collection. I have huge numbers of records. Right. And it would be important for those to be allocated. But I think with those, I would give them to specific people. I, I'd be able to allocate every single one of my records wow. to uh, somebody in my life. And crucially... It would save my girlfriend the hassle. Yes. Occasionally she says, please, enough with the physical media. We have the internet. Why are you doing this to me? Why are we just crowding ourselves? I know. My, my house looks like sort of our price records in the early 90s. See, but I used to be like that. I was the same as you. And yeah. about 10 years ago, I just got rid. You just got rid of everything. I liked silence. So whereas years before, as soon as I got in the house, it was a record. Yeah, on. right. Yeah. What record did I want to listen to? Or oh, I probably had a, a, a vinyl record under my arm. I can listen to a bit of music now and yeah, again. Yeah. It's lovely. But in the mornings now, I don't even listen to the radio anymore. Yeah, right. Just got to this point. It was some point last year, it was hearing one of them talk, you know, the crap and that they talk. And yeah. The biasness actually was coming, you know, it was like, what the fuck? And I just went, oh, I've had enough of all yeah. of you. And I just turned it off and I've not listened since. Wow. 
And that's interesting. So you like the peace and quiet. You like I to do. be alone with your thoughts. Yes. Contemplation. Absolutely. Well, that's nice. So yeah, so so well, this is great. You've got all these albums, all these t-shirts. Oh, and my guitars. Oh. I give one guitar to my brother because he yeah. keeps saying he wants to learn. Okay. He, and then the others I would like displayed with Prince's guitars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I've, I've seen an exhibition of all of Prince's guitars and I'm just like, one booth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a just brilliant one. Never explained. They just yeah. say these guitars belong to Nishkuma and no sense of why. Fucking brilliant. That's that's what I would like. I would like posthumously to be afforded the same status in guitar playing as Prince. And do you play the guitar? Yeah, oh, but not... <laughs> Imagine having all them guitars. No, I don't play. No, no. I was like looking at them. No, I think that's great. I think that's a really cute idea, actually. Because it just, yeah, what? What? Nish Kumar? Is he a player? <laughs> who, is, who is that? Who is that? And then they, they show next to the video of Prince playing while my guitar gently weeps. Yes. You see me absolutely struggle through the wind, cries Mary. <laughs> Just little video footage of you as a kid, do you know what I mean? Like grainy video footage <laughs> playing along. Absolutely rocking out. Oh, beautiful. So, famous last words. Famous last words. I don't know what I would, what my last words would be. It would probably just be me saying my own name. It probably just me. It would just my last words would just be Nish. <laughs> That's it. Beautiful. Well, it's nearly goodbye, Nish Kumar. Thank you so much for coming on to our, our little podcast. It here. was an honour and a pleasure. But it's not over yet, mate. You've got work to do. So we're going to be over on our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we rifle through your real-life deaf anecdotes, listener. So your emails are always amazing. We love them. Head to where there's a will, there's a wake.com to subscribe. So, Nish, are you up for joining me on Six Feet Under? You are contractually yeah, obliged. Yeah. <laughs> so 100% I am. Great. Thank you for joining us today. Hope that helped you come to terms with the big sleep. Oh, Magic. He's going. So lovely. He's going. Lovely, Nish. Brilliant. He's going. So you're all right for time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. This is a Sony Music Entertainment production. My senior producer is Charlie Morrell and my producers are Naya Dio and Katie Bowden, or as I like to call them, my producer goddesses. Sound engineer is Ed Gill. Production coordinator is Archan Mohalay. Marketing by Abby Brock. Additional production and development from Chris Skinner. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. The executive producer is Ollie Wilson. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.